This message was recorded at Gather, a women's event to encourage and equip women to live in freedom and their God-given design and purpose. For information on the next Gather event, visit rivercitychurch.co or follow River City Church on social. But I just a little bit about myself. Again, my husband and I pastor here at River City Church, and uh, we moved back. I, I, I left home at 18 years old. Um, I never thought that I would be back here in Mason City starting a church with my husband. And I just, I'm like, Jesus, you love me so much. Like, I never thought I'd be back to my hometown. Um, we've been blessed to be part of uh, wonderful leadership in churches in, in Arizona and Florida. Um, I knew one day that we plant a church, and so that God told us to come here. My husband's originally from Vegas. So he came from Vegas in Arizona and Florida to Mason City, Iowa. Come on, Jesus. Uh, so he's getting used He's getting used to these winters. You know, it's our third winter in. I, I had been away for over 15 years, so it's like new winter for me, but I don't think you're ever going to get used to these winters, but it is our third year and we're do, I think we're, do, we're doing good. We're doing good, but um, we're, we're grateful to pastor our church here. I know we have many of you visiting from many different places and I'm just I'm truly honored that I just had a vision of women from all over gathering together, worshiping together, encountering Jesus together. So thank you for coming tonight. And I'm excited for what God, this is a good group of ladies. Come on, this is awesome. I'm excited. I love that these women are, again, maybe you came here not knowing what to expect, but I love that women would gather in one place, all of us together, because God has awesome plans for us together. Um, but I had a word and it's actually the first point that, that's really been stirring in my heart. And I just, I, I felt the, like the Lord wanted to share that God wants you to know that what has been barren in your life and, and heart, he wants to breathe fresh life over you. What has been barren in your heart and life, he wants to breathe fresh life over you. And in the word barren, I actually looked it up. Um, it, it means literally too poor, to produce much or any vegetation, and it means not producing fruit or seed. Now, I know we have probably some farmers in the house, um, so that can kind of relate to you more, but I wanna take a look here. Uh, when we look at our hearts uh, with, with a barren heart, maybe you're sitting in this room tonight and you're feeling like, I just feel like I haven't produced much fruit in my life. Um, or maybe also it means showing no results or achievements, being unproductive, or maybe barrenness also means empty or of no value. And I just have a word for you tonight. I know that God wants to breathe fresh life over barren places in your heart in life. And I don't, I don't know what season that you are in, but maybe you feel like you hit one of these areas. Maybe you're in a season of discouragement or hopelessness, or maybe what you thought was going to happen didn't happen. And you feel like you're in a place of emptiness or of no value. But I'm here to tell you that God wants to breathe fresh life over barren areas in your heart. And I, I also feel that he wants to breathe fresh life over your family Come on, over your children. I believe that the Holy Spirit wants to breathe fresh life over this city and over the towns around us that what may has felt barren, God says, I'm, I'm about to bring in a breath of fresh life over your life tonight. And I just wanna encourage you that it, it is time to hope again, that it's time to dream again and it's time for joy again. 
Uh, Hebrews 11, 11, this verse has been stirring in me for months. And it says, by faith, Sarah herself, you know, Sarah was barren. She wasn't able to have physical uh, children. And barrenness also means unable to produce life. And I, I'm, I wanna declare over you, maybe you're in a season where you actually physically cannot bear children and you've been crying out. I believe that's a word for you also, that we're gonna be in agreement tonight that there's gonna be fresh life over your womb in Jesus' name. But by faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive the seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who had promised. She was past the age of physically having children, but she judged her body, no, her circumstance, no, she judged her God who is faithful. Come on, she was, her physically she couldn't have children. She was way past the age. So maybe you're sitting in this room and thinking, man, I had dreams. Um, I had this, but I'm past, I feel like I'm past the age, maybe your actual age, or maybe you've too much time you've wasted in your life. I'm telling that he wants to redeem those years that you feel like the enemy has stolen. So she physically was past age, but she judged him faithful. We can't look at our natural circumstances. She was able to look beyond her physical self. Maybe you don't feel like you're good enough or that you have purpose in life, but we got to look to the King of Kings and know that we find our purpose and value and hope in Jesus. So she had, she had to take her eyes off of her physical body and look unto Jesus. She judged him faithful. I want to remind you tonight that you can trust him. He is faithful. He is worthy to be praised. He loves you. He has a purpose for you. Thank you, Lord. She judged him faithful who had promised. He promised. Some of you have promises tonight and you're not seeing them right now. In the natural, they don't look like they're coming through. But she just remember it, Sarah, she judged him faithful. We, we judge you faithful, God. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead. She's, that her husband is good. He was past the age as well. You know, some things may seem, maybe he seems a little dead to you. Oh, come on. It's time that they wake up as well. But he was, he was as good as dead. I don't know if things in your life seem as good as dead. It's long gone. There's no hope. But she judged him faithful. So as him as good as dead were born as many as the stars of the sky in multitudes innumerable as the sand, which is by the seashore. And that was in Hebrews 11. I encourage you open up your Bibles to Hebrews 11 because that is our, uh, the, our, the faith of fathers, the ones that um, before us in the Old Testament has all their testimonies of their faith and how much more that, that Jesus came to the earth and died on the cross. And he said that greater works that I do, you're gonna do. So I, it's, it's encouraging to look back at Abraham and all the Noah and all, they list a whole bunch of, and Moses in Hebrews 11 to encourage us uh, that we too can have faith like them in the impossible. But we're actually gonna jump to, um, we're going to go to Sarah and Abraham's actual story in the Bible. And it's in chapter 17 and 18. I encourage you to go home and read it because there's so much good stuff in there. Um, but here, the Lord has a conversation. We're going to pick up in verse 21. But the Lord is in encountering Abraham and Sarah. And he's like, you're going to bore a son. And he, even he says, his name is Isaac. And, uh, the Lord, and, and he said, this is what the Lord said in verse 21. But my covenant, I will establish with Isaac. Because Abraham's trying to make up. He's like, well, maybe I'm past the age. There's no hope. And, and so he's, he's thinking there's, uh, his son's going to come through another way. But the Lord says, no, no, no. You're going to have Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you at this 
set time. Can you say set time in this place? Set time uh, next year. So he's saying the Lord is, he showed up and said that you're gonna have a son at this set time. And I wanna take a look at the set time. I feel, uh, if you're taking notes, point two is I feel as a generation, we've lost the awe of waiting. I feel like we've lost the law. See, the Lord said at the set time. See, I, I just wanna encourage you here tonight. Again, if you've seen promises that hasn't been fulfilled, I'm just here to tell you at the set time, the Lord has great things for you. And, you know, in this world, it's like you have to keep up with the Jones, with everybody, sister and so-and-so is doing that, and I'm here, and why can't I be there? We start comparing our seasons with other seasons. Um, I feel like the world's view is like if, if it's, you feel behind or you're in a waiting season, you look like it, maybe you're being passed by or you're being looked over. Maybe you're feeling I'm not good enough because this isn't happening in my life yet, um, or I'm missing up or I'm um, sorry, missing out. Or sometimes even, I have to tell you, like reading the Bible is way better than a Netflix series. Seriously, there's a lot of stuff that happens. But maybe in the waiting, <clears throat> woo, like you wanna get in a good flick, just read the, read the Bible. There's plenty to keep you entertained in there. Um, but what Abraham and Sarah did in the waiting, sometimes maybe in the waiting, we try to make it happen on our own, our own timing. And then we birthed an Ishmael and not an Isaac. So in the waiting, Abraham, if you don't know the story of Abraham and Sarah, uh, Sarah is just getting, she's like, I'm ready to have a baby now. She gives her little, or her maidservant to over to her husband. And, they, and, he, and he said yes. I don't know why he would say yes to be with his, Sarah gave her servant to be with her husband so they could have a baby. So I'm telling you, there's stories in the Bible that you kind of look at yourself, you're like, you know, I'm, I'm doing all right. <laughs> I'm making it. No. <laughs> if you need to be encouraged, read the Bible. <laughs> no. So they, and, and he said, yes, honey, I'll have your servant as well, Abraham. Um, but so they have an Ishmael because they were unpatient. And I'm telling you that Isaac is promised to you. So in the waiting, the Lord wants you to know at the set time, it's going to happen. Romans 8, 28 says, we know that all things, I don't know what you're going through. You may be like, you have no idea what I'm going through. But he says, all things work together for good to those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. I don't know if I need to remind you tonight, but you are called. He loves you. You are called according to his purpose and he will make it work out for good. I can tell you that. And let me tell you, there's so much fruit that happens in the waiting. So much fruit is produced in the waiting. I'm so thankful when I looked in my 20s and compare, I'm, I'm so thankful that I allowed the Lord, even in my early 30s. Like I said, four years ago, I went through a hard season and there wasn't anything in my life. If you looked in, you're like, why is she like my family's wonderful and my kids, all that. But I don't, the enemy will use whatever he can to make you feel like your mind is going crazy or you're too overwhelmed. And once we grab a hold of the enemy's lie, it, I mean, things can just unravel. And when we don't know the truth of who God is, but when, during that time, the Lord did such a beautiful work because really that revealed my foundation. I realized when I went, went through a season of loneliness, um, I allowed hopelessness and it, then it just ate up my identity. And it was when I started homeschool, but that's another story. No. <laughs> and I still ask my kids, I'm like, it's been, we're five years in homeschool. I'm like, you guys good? We're good? And they're like, we love it. I'm like, oh, praise the Lord. No, I'm just teasing. 
But see, I was in this season where I didn't feel qualified, but I knew I was called to. When I allowed the lies of the enemy uh, come at me, it, it, I, I dug myself into a, a major pit. But thank God for, his, for, for pulling me out of that. And it, it really woke me up to realize, wow, like I realized my foundation really wasn't on Jesus. And, and I'm still in that season. And I have been, it, I have been flourishing in it because I got my eyes off of myself and into, um, on him. And I'm so glad in that season that I felt lonely. I allowed myself to, to, to look unto Jesus and allow him to fill my heart because my kids aren't my identity. Me as a homeschool mom is definitely not my identity. But as a wife, it's not as a pastor. It's not my identity. My identity is founded on Jesus and as a daughter of the most high God. First, so I don't base my identity off of if I did a good job that day or not. It has to be on Jesus. So that season was a beautiful of building my character in my heart. So don't, so God's working in your waiting season. I can tell you that. Um, Eight, we're gonna keep going on with this story in, in Genesis 18 through one through eight. We're gonna take a look at what Abraham did in this waiting season. Um, <clears throat> verse one, it says, then the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth trees of Mamre as he, my husband told me that's how you pronounce it. So if I did it wrong, it's on, it's on him. As he was sitting in the tent door in the heat of the day. So he lifted his eyes, Abraham did. He lifted his eyes and looked and behold, three men, Men were standing by him. It says the Lord appeared to him. And two angels, they appeared to Abraham. I love that what Abraham did was he lifted his eyes. See, sometimes we just have to change our perspective. He lifted his eyes and looked. And behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them. I'm telling you, Jesus is passing you by. But we've got to look up and, and, and Abraham stopped what he was doing and he ran to meet with the Lord. Um, and it says that when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground. And he said, my Lord, if I have now found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. See, the Lord wants to meet you. Come on, in Abraham's season, the Lord wants, he wants to meet you in your season here. Abraham could have let, the Lord is passing by seeking who, who's looking up for him. Abraham looked up, he, he clung himself to the Lord. He's, the, he, Jesus, he's always there with you, but we just have to look up and run to him. Let's see what Abraham did next. Please, he said, don't pass by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourselves under the tree. And I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that, you may pass by in as much as you have come to your servant. They said, do as you have said. So Abraham hurried into the tent to Sarah and said, quickly make ready three measures of fine meal, knead it and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd and a tender and good calf or took a tender and good calf, gave it to the young man and he hastened to prepare it, hastened to prepare it. So he took butter and milk and the calf, which he had prepared and set it before him. He set it before him. I want, what, what's the picture here? Abraham, he hosted the presence of the Lord. If we, I, I, I really feel tonight, now I know God's gonna bring fresh life over barren hearts tonight, but what did Abraham do? He, he got his table ready. He says, Jesus, come and dine with me, Lord. I, are we are we allow, are we having the Lord pass us by? Or are we taking a minute to host the presence of the Lord in our homes, in the early mornings, in our evenings? He hosted the presence of the Lord. Abraham made room for the Lord 
where he was at? Are we hosting the presence of the Lord? I love that. The Lord is passing you by tonight, inviting you to come and dine with him. He's inviting you to come and dine with him. And moving on with the story, they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? And he, and he said, here in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent door which was behind him. Now, Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself saying, after I've grown old, shall I have pleasure? My Lord being old also. Oh, and the Lord said to Abraham, why the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh saying, shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life and Sarah shall have a son. But Sarah denied it saying, I did not laugh for she was afraid. And the Lord said, oh no, you did laugh. (laughs) I love it. I love Sarah. You know, my question is, as I was reading through that, her husband, you know, he laughed a little bit too verses in front of that. I didn't read that part, but I think he thought like, that's hilarious. I think her laugh was maybe she was offended at God a little bit. Um, I think, you know, my question is Sarah helped prepare the table, but she didn't sit at the table. I want to know why Sarah wasn't at the table. Was she, you know, back then it was, if you weren't pregnant, that was like, you, you had shame put on you because you're doing something wrong. Maybe she felt so shame. She couldn't go to the presence of the Lord. I don't know if any of you tonight, maybe you feel like you're not good enough. I can't sit at the table. But it's at the table, come on, that we find out who we are. It's at the table that the Lord reminds us of our presence because he told Abraham again at the table and he just visited him, I don't know how long ago, but he said, you will have a son. It's at the table in the presence of the Lord that we hear the voice of God that says, keep going, don't give up, I am for you. I'm just wondering, was she so broken and disappointed that she didn't want to open up her heart to God. You know, she was okay to to cook and to make all the food for the Lord showing up. You know, we can be involved in church activities. We can keep ourselves busy, but have you gone to the presence of the Lord so he can heal your heart, so he can break off that offense? Come on, so that he can break off unforgiveness because he's got a promise in your life and he doesn't want you bound by hurt or religion or unforgiveness or even being offended at him because he has so much for your life. He knows that when you're like Sarah and you're hidden from him, that's where the devil wants us. He wants us hidden. Oh, but I can you know, do church activities and greet, but have you been at the table of the Lord? I wonder why Sarah wasn't at the table of the Lord. She isolated herself. Don't isolate yourself. Come on, allow, we, can, we, we need to get vulnerable before God so he can go to those hard places and bring healing in our lives. My next point here is, again, I know God wants to bring life, breathe life on barren places in our life, but my heart tonight, is not only is it their freedom, but I believe that God wants to restore you back to intimacy with him. I have felt this for months now. He's bringing back the church for intimacy with him. Come on, he's bringing us back to truly worshiping him. And I think so many times it's like we're waiting for those big moments to come. Like we're really fasting and praying for those big moments and that's good. 
But he's waiting. I, 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 this point is we're going to seek the promise maker and not just the promise. It's time to come back to seeking him because he is worthy of that praise. You know, our culture is so focused on self and how we feel. I need to find myself. I need some self-care. We're so focused on self, self, self. But let me tell you, this generation is so broken and lost like never before. I, I mean, even since I was young, this, this, this generation, they don't even know who they are anymore. It's all this self, but I had to find me. But let's look at what the scripture says. Jeremiah 2.13 says, for my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water. We can't be like Sarah on the outside because he is what's gonna give you purpose. He's gonna fill you up. He's the fountain of living waters. And they have hewn themselves, cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. It's a picture of like, that's where they got their water source like a water tower, they, they've attached them to stuff that they thought would be living waters, but really in reality, it has holes in it and it only is gonna leave you empty. Our, our culture, again, all about self, all this stuff, but what we really need is the fountain of living waters to bring fresh life over our hearts and to bring fresh water into our hearts. So we think we're thirsty for things and we try to fill our identity in so many things, but it's in him. He's our living water. Matthew 10, 39 says that he who finds his life will actually lose it. I gotta find myself. Well, when you find it, you actually lose, your, lose it. And all it says... And he who loses his life, lays down his life for my sake, will actually find it. When we lay ourselves down, church, we've got to get back to him. I, God wants to do a great thing in our cities. He wants to do a great thing in your life. But are we attaching ourselves to things that hold no water? Because he wants to bring fresh life over you. Matthew 16, 24, it says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will actually lose it. But, you know, maybe you're sitting here like, Man, I haven't felt fulfillment in a long time. Well, have you laid yourself at his feet? When you deny yourself, you actually find yourself. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will actually find it. Galatians 2.20 says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. What we really need is to lay our lives down before him. Come on, there we'll find who we are. There we're gonna find our purpose. We're so hungry all the time because we haven't laid our lives down truly at his feet. God is calling us to be like Abraham and getting back to hosting the presence of the Lord in our everyday life. I feel in 2023, he's calling us to put things back in order in our life. He's calling us back to consecration, which means lives set apart unto him. And I feel like he wants to restore you back to him tonight. You know, what does it look like to seek the promise maker and not the promise? And what, what does it look like to host the promise of the Lord like Abraham did? And I wanna share, I call them tools, but they're actually weapons. I wanna share weapons to align your heart to meet with Jesus. Now this is from 
my life, when I went through that season, these are tool, this is, these are weapons that the Lord reminded me of. And I don't want you leaving here like, I, I'm excited, I really feel that's a word for you tonight that you're gonna leave uh, those barren places I feel God's gonna bring fresh life over you. But I don't, I wanna leave you with tools that we can take. It's a day-to-day walk with the Lord. That's what's gonna change your life. A day, so I just, I wanna give you real quick weapons to align your heart to meet with Jesus because the enemy is afraid when we know who we are. Come on, when we're armored with the truth of God, he is terrified of you because we're made in the image of God. He is terrified of you awakening to what God has on the inside of you. He is terrified of you sitting in the presence of the Lord, making room from him on your mornings. He's terrified of that because you'll be armed and dangerous. I really feel like the Lord wants to rearrange some things in your life because I don't want you to be the, I don't want you to be isolated like Sarah. I don't want you sitting alone. I felt that. I have felt that. I don't want you sitting isolated like Sarah. I really feel like your season is changing. In in the Old Testament, um, when they when they were mourning, they'd put sackcloth on. And it was a sign of grieving. And I just feel like there's a word for some of you that it's time to take the grieving clothes off. It's time for a season, a new season for you. In Exodus 14, 13, Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see, the enemy whom you see today, you shall see again, no more, forever. I feel like that's a word for you tonight. I love this. Come on, you can, that's, yes. The enemy that you see today, I'm declaring that you will not see tomorrow. This is good though. It, I love Exodus, because that's a true word. And, and that was true, what happened to them. Exodus 14 uh, through 15, it says, and Moses is saying to his people, the Lord will fight for you. And the Lord said to Moses, okay, yeah, that, that was good. That was good, Moses, but why do you cry to me? (laughs) Tell the children of Israel to go forward. It's time to go forward, ladies, tonight. It's time to take your sack clothing off. And I just have a heart, if you can bear with me, I really wanna share tools, weapons, that I believe that we can use for our everyday morning that will change your life. And I feel like those are areas in our morning. This, is to, this, is, this could be very basic, but I'm a basic girl. Let's keep it simple. I feel like, again, the, what the Lord brought me out of my season, he, he's so good. He said, Jenna, if you, if you he, it's so, so simple. He shared a few things for me to lay down because the Bible says that, sure, it could be fine. That's good, but it might not be profitable for you. Let me tell you, don't compare your life to other people. He might tell you to lay something down, but sister so-and-so is doing that. And I just, uh, 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 but like he knows you personally. So he shared some things, lay this down. And he said, give me your morning and your evenings and your life will be changed forever. That simple. Give me your mornings and your evenings and your life will change forever. That's the first two. A lifestyle of prayer and fasting we're gonna go through real quick. A life set apart unto Jesus. And the last one that we're gonna go through is surrounding yourself with life-giving women, which you're doing tonight. So for the mornings, I just wanna quickly touch on these. Let's see how I'm doing for time here. I like to stay on the time. We're doing okay. We're okay. We're good. Mornings. I wanna speak into mornings real quick. You cannot forsake the time with the Lord in the morning. 
I, we can't, I know it's busy. We're rushing. We're rushing off to work. I want to sleep in. You're getting kids to school, all of that. Do not forsake your morning time with the Lord. It's going to set you up for your whole day. And I even 10 minutes just sitting with him will change your whole life. You start with 10 minutes and it's just like, you're going to just keep hungering for more. Your morning routine will change your whole day. He's going to prepare you. He'll talk to you about your day. You get to read the word. He will, the, your morning time. And I, let me speak to this because I have a whole table full of devotions and stuff I'm doing right now. I love devotions. I love some good podcast. I love that. Even church, I, we, this is our church. I love services. But don't let that be the only time that you are feasting on the word of God because what you're receiving from someone else, they got from themselves at their own table before the Lord. Come on, that's a word this morning. Tonight, what day is it? I don't know. Tonight, thank you. I don't usually do these Friday things. It's always Sunday morning. No, when we're feasting on other devotions and all that, that's great, but he wants to take you in with him. He wants to feed you, right? They got that from their time, which is great. I'm, I love it. It changed my life at 19. It's a good start. Even when you're at church, go to church. I don't, wherever that is, stay in church because there's power when you're joined together with other people. Oh, if I wasn't in church, I had to be because I was the pastor's wife at that season. We were on staff. Don't, I shouldn't say that. No, I'm just teasing. But because I wanted to be isolated in that season. I didn't want to sit on the front row. Oh, but I was still there worshiping. That wasn't fake. It was because I was desperate for him. He was good, but I, the, what, I was sitting in service. The word spoken over me produced, it did produce life. The worship, it, it, it's, it produced life in me, but don't forsake the time alone with you and Jesus. All of that is good, but get in the word. You know, I feel like some especially maybe when we're younger or even older, I feel like we can get intimidated. Like, I want to hear what that person says because they've done all the work for me. I don't, like, I don't even know where to go in the Bible. Start in the Gospels. Get to know Jesus. Start in the Psalms. When I went through that hard season, the Lord said, read a proverb every day. Proverbs will mess you up. It's good. <laughs> Woo! Wow, Proverbs hits, like, every area. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, there it is. Proverbs is, I love Proverbs. But find just something to get in the words yourself. The Holy Spirit, the Bible says he's our teacher. He wants to teach you in your quiet times. Don't forsake your mornings, the evenings. This is a big one. I gave the Lord back my, now I, I'm a, I worship all day long. Even when I went through that hard season, I wouldn't have been able to survive that season. Um, but I would sleep in and then I had homeschool and then I was a grumpy mom because I didn't first start with Jesus. No, but the evenings, so your evenings will affect your mornings. So this was me, okay? Evenings when the kids, I've homeschooled. Some of you have been working all day. I was homeschooling. And by the time that they went to bed at 8.30, we did like their five devotions, five worship songs. My play, stop it. No, it's like they've had routines since they're, I'm teasing, that's bad in parenting. But, um, but we were, I was tired from my day. I was like, so when they went to bed, I just wanted to like veg out. Come on, you know those Netflix series that you get like one after the other? I, this might, this, this was me, Ben and Jerry's. Ice cream, not Ben and Jerry. <laughs> oh my God. Ice cream. I would sit at night and just feed because I was tired. I just, I would feed on shows and it's like social media. Come on, we're feeding ourselves with, with realities that's really not true. And, and then you leave worse feeling about yourself and your family. Your kids aren't as cute as their kids. And it's like, what? And then you fall asleep to that and then you wake up and think, man, I have to homeschool these kids again. All because I vegged out on sugar. You know, what? yours might be drip. I don't, whatever it is. 
But the thing with that, when we don't end our evening soaking in his presence, is we're just numbing ourselves with stuff and our hearts are left barren. And then we wake up in the morning with the same issues. But he wants to take away things that you're numbing yourself with so he can get to you like he wanted to get to Sarah. Sarah separated herself. Maybe you're separating yourself that evening and and scrolling for hours or watching YouTube videos or watching movies because you're tired from the day and you just want to veg out. You don't want to have to think anymore. Come on, but he wants to speak to you. He wants to go to those places where you're trying to hide, where you're trying to numb out because he wants to heal your heart and set you free. Don't forsake evenings. Jeremiah 15, 16 says, your words were found and I ate them. And your word was to me the joy and rejoicing of my heart. For I am called by your name, O Lord, God of hosts. We need to not eat those M&Ms or any of that. That will not bring joy to your heart. I'm serious. But he says, if you eat my word, that's what's gonna bring fulfillment to your life. Another thing um, that has changed my life is prayer and fasting. You know, we've done, I've done fasting throughout my years. We prayed before we even started this church because we don't, we, we knew we were gonna plant a church, but we, we, for years we just were in the waiting season because we, we didn't want to step ahead and God was learning or just, we uh, were under wonderful leadership, learning and growing. Um, but we knew we were gonna plant, never had a clue where because we, we just, wherever you want us, God will go. We fasted and the Lord showed us Mason City. That was through prayer and fasting because we, we wanted to be where he wanted us to be. But so we, I've done prayer and fasting, but God has put a hunger in me that we need a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. And again, I feel like what I shared with getting in your word, I feel like sometimes we're intimidated. It's like, I don't know where to start. So we just don't do anything. But I feel like he wants to do, he wants to move in your life through prayer and fasting. It, it's an invitation to draw us closer to Jesus. It disconnects us from the world. You know, during my season, that was, I got off Instagram for months and months and months because that was the last thing I needed in front of my face. Again, the, the Lord will show you things that you need to lay down. And, and, and prayer, fasting, there's many different ways to fast. And we'll talk about that in the move, uh, moment. But it's not just to move his heart, but it's move our heart. Prayer and fasting really connects us to him and in intimacy. Matthew 9, 15 says, and Jesus said to them, can the friends of the bridegroom, so this is uh, the fair, the religious people came to Jesus And he's like, your disciples aren't fasting. That's what they're saying. This is what Jesus says back. He says to them, can the friends of the bridegroom, meaning him, mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them and then they will fast. So what does that tell us? Jesus was face to face with them. He, they had him, but he's saying, hey, when I, when I go sit at the right hand side of the father, they're gonna, they're gonna fast to draw close to me. That's a word for us. As we fast, it's to draw close and intimacy with him. And another fasting tool, it's a, fasting is a powerful weapon against the schemes of the enemy. Come on, fasting brings freedom and deliverance in our lives and those around us. I love the story of Esther. You got, Esther was a Jew. She got brought in as the queen, which is awesome. And, and her king actually didn't know she was Jew. Well, the enemy wanted to go after her people. And the Lord visited her. There was, there was a decree out to kill all of the Jews. And here her king, the Queen Esther, they didn't know she was a Jew. The Lord visited her and said, if you, he, he asked her, go approach the king 
And do you, you have to understand, as a queen, you weren't able to approach your husband. I don't know about that. But, but back then, you couldn't approach the king, your husband, unless he summoned for you. Right? And the Lord said, you need to go to him, and you, you need to be there for your Jews. And he said, but if you're not going to do it, deliverance will come through another way. Come on. God wants to work through us to break generation curses off of our family's life, off of your, off of your life. And so what did she fasted for three days? And then, she, long story short, she went before the king. And he, if you did that, you could have been put to death. But he extended his scepter out to her and received her. And she was able to go to him and it saved her people. Fasting gives breakthrough and favor. Come on, another one, um, I love this. The, you know, the enemy really is after our kids and our family. And this, this parent um, brings their child to the disciples and he is, has a demonic spirit. Come on, there's depression and oppression and suicide that the Lord wants to break off of lives tonight. And these parents are like, I don't know what to do with my child. Maybe you're in a situation, I don't know what to do. So the disciples, they couldn't cast out the demon. So they go to Jesus and they're like, why isn't this? You know, we've been with you. We've seen this happen. Why? And this is what Jesus says. Matthew 17, 21 says, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. Come on, prayer and fasting wreaks havoc on the enemy. It messes up the enemy's plots. And real quick, you, again, keep it simple. You could fast out. I, I went through seasons of fasting on uh, social media. Whatever takes your time at nighttime, lay it down for, before him and spend time with him. And he's going to grow your prayer language. He's going to grow your prayer life. As you read the word, the Holy Spirit will bring, he'll, he'll bring it to your remembrance. He's your teacher. You could, like even dinner, fasting dinner and just having a worship time with Jesus. You can say, hey kids, here's your meal, but mama's gonna go pray it a little bit tonight and fast. Just keep it simple. Don't let something uh, keep you from, do that seems maybe intimidated, keep you from doing it. Luke 152 says he has filled the hungry with good things. He wants to fill you with good things. And the more you do that, the more you pray and fast and get in your word, oh, you're just gonna crave and be hungry for more and more. You know, I'm gonna have the worship team come up here. I, I'm gonna continue. Uh, number three is something that changed my life was a life completely set apart unto him. And I wanna look at Mary's story real quick. I, I love Mary, Jesus's uh, mother. And here, uh, the angels appeared to, to Mary and said, you're gonna, we're gonna conceive by the Holy Spirit, uh, the savior of the world. Okay, all right, Lord. Okay, sure, I don't know what that looks like. Think of Mary as engaged to her guy, Joseph, and she gets, well, Joseph, she's like, it's the Holy Spirit. I am impregnated by the Holy Spirit. Do you know how he's like, people around her are like, what are you talking about? But I want to lay a life down onto Jesus that I don't care what anybody thinks about me. Come on, I want to be like Mary. And I love this scripture. It says, Luke 135, the Holy Spirit, this is what they said, the Holy Spirit's going to come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Come on, the Lord wants to anoint you tonight. Come on, you don't have to worry about what they think of you. You don't have to worry about having the right words. He goes before you. That's it, Mary. They said, Mary, it's a, the, the Holy Spirit's gonna overshadow you. You've got, when you receive Jesus in your life, the Bible says that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave now lives on the inside of you. He, he, he's gonna empower you. 
Come on, to lay down addictions tonight. He's gonna empower you to lay down depression, oppression. But a life set apart for him is truly saying, God, not my will, but yours be done. Things he told me to lay down. Again, that scripture, I love it. That was a scripture that ministered to me. It might not be a bad thing, but he said, it's not profitable for you. Because I want to take you places that you've never even dreamed of. And another verse I love that Mary said, Luke 138, the Mary said, behold the maid servant. This is what Mary responded. Again, she laid her life down for Jesus. She, didn't, she couldn't worry about her reputation, what her friends thought. Mary said, this is her response. And if this could be our response, I know you might be growing through a barren season. I'm telling you, if you lay yourself at the feet of Jesus, he will fight for you. He will empower you. He, he, he'll cover you. I heard him just say, I've got your back. Mary said, behold the maid servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. If you just could say her name, behold, Jenna, the servant of the Lord, let it be unto me according to your word. I don't care what it costs me. I don't care what my friends think of me. I don't care what my past is telling me. Let it be, Lord, according to your word. And lastly, surround yourself with life-giving women. That is important a women that will speak God's truth for you, women that will fight for you, women that will be honest with you, not say, well, you know, okay, I'm all about, I am about taking care of yourself, right? We want to eat healthy, wanna, we want to flourish, we want to have um, natural just energy by the way we eat and work out. That's great. But I don't need a friend that says, Jenna, you just need more self-care. Like, Jenna, you need Jesus, the power of the Holy Spirit. Lay yourself at his feet. You're gonna, there you'll find rest. That's the kind, you know, I have to share real quick. My mom's sitting on the front row and I'm so thankful that at 18, I left home. I woke up one morning, still in high school here, Mason City. And man, I said, man, surely there's more to life. I grew up in church. I, I loved going to church. I had, I did have sweet encounters with the Lord. My mom was great at telling me how much Jesus loved me because when I, through different lifestyle choices, especially through when I was young and in high school and stuff, I'm like, well, how could somebody love this? But my mom prophesied, she said, you can always call upon his name. He loves you. And let me tell you why that's important, parents and grandparents. When you, when you share about the love of Jesus, they will remember that. I never questioned God's love for me. So when I left home at 18, I woke up one morning not having a clue what I was gonna do with my life. I just felt to go to Arizona. A girl in Mason City, Iowa, I couldn't even find my way across this town. It's embarrassing, but I couldn't. And my parents are like, I woke up, I'm like, I'm supposed to go to Arizona. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't even wanna go to school, all this stuff. She, they took me there, which again, is like, why would you do that? Um, but do you know, I was driving out of my driveway and my mom said she had tears going down her cheeks and she said, Lord, she's yours. And I feel like some of you tonight, whatever you're going through, Jesus, it's yours. When we give it to Jesus, come on, he's gonna produce life. He's gonna call those dead things back to life in your life. I went to Arizona, man, I stepped foot into a church. It completely changed my life. But before that, actually, I'm getting ahead of myself. I called my mom, I'm a few months in, I moved to Arizona, don't know why. I remember calling my stepdad, I'm in Phoenix, these roads are crazy compared to here. And I remember calling him, I don't know where I'm at. I, this is before we had our phones with the GPS. And I had to call, he had to give me, he had to get a map out and he did find where I was. Like he's so gifted at that. Like he had to direct me where to go. 
Like as an 18, 19 year old in Phoenix, it's just, it's, I still laugh about it. I'm like, wow, God, you're so good. <laughs> um, but I remember calling my mom because I was 19 years old at that time and I, I was lonely. I didn't know who I was. I didn't know, I didn't have a job lined up. I started going to school and it just, it, it wasn't for me and that's okay. And I remember calling her, I said, I wanna go back home, mom. I, I can't do it out here. Do what she told me. She said, have you been in the Bible? Are you working out? Are you eating healthy? Are you going to bed early? Have you been to church? You do all those things and then you call me back. Man, as a mom, your 19 year old daughter in Phoenix, you like, Molly, you'd be like, yes, come back. Oh, you tried it. You were good, you know, you did fine. It didn't make it, but you'll be okay. Come back. No, she led me to the feet of Jesus, which changed my life forever. Come on. I'm so thankful. I, I never thought we would be back here having a church. But she led me back to where my true identity came from. And I want some women around me. But I also want women to speak truth into my life, to say, I know you're feeling that right now. Man, I got your back in prayer. But what you need right now is to sit at the feet of Jesus. Right. We need to sit at the feet of Jesus. That's the kind of friends that I want. Surround yourself with life-giving friends. I love this. She goes, I'm almost done here. Uh, Luke 142. I love what Mary does. She goes and visits her cousin Elizabeth. Elizabeth means consecrated unto God. That's why I named my daughter that. Set apart for the Lord. Mary goes to Mary. This is what Elizabeth speaks back to her. She said, then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Come on, she got her. We got to get around some Elizabeths in our life. Luke 145 said, blessed is she who believed for there will be, this is what Elizabeth is saying back over to Mary. Blessed are you who believed for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told to her from the Lord. And I want to speak that over to you tonight. Blessed are you who believe in the Lord. Don't look at your natural circumstance. Blessed are you when you put your eyes on Jesus. We need some Elizabeths in our life. You know, if you could stand up to your feet, I'm going to end the story in Genesis. Ah, I love, this is my favorite part. Thank you, Father. Come on, he wants to speak to barren hearts tonight. Oh, I, and I, I just, I, I pray that you take those weapons. I, I missed that verse, but the verse is, we, we don't wrestle against flesh or blood. Your enemy is not with flesh or blood. Your enemy is with the, with the devil who wants to kill, steal, and destroy. But the Lord says, I'm here to give you life and life more abundantly. Thank you, Father. He wants to breathe on your hearts tonight. But take it with you. Don't, don't leave it here tonight when you walk. Rearrange your mornings for him. Rearrange your evenings. It will change your life. Genesis 21, 1 through 2, it says, The Lord visited Sarah. As he has said, what has the Lord spoken to you? Well, I don't know. How do I know to hear the voice of God? Through his word. The more you feast on his word, Come on, the more you spend time in his presence, you don't have to question if it's from the Lord. Maybe it was a no or not right now. Lord, I trust you. I trust you. The Lord visited Sarah as he said he would. And the Lord did for Sarah as he had spoken. 
For Sarah conceived and bore Abraham a son in his old age at the set time. There is some set time for you. Come on. Of which God had spoken to him. In Genesis 21, verses 5 through 6, now Abraham was 100 years old when his son Isaac was born to him. And Sarah said, catch this, come on, God has made me laugh and all who hear will laugh with me. Come on, I'm, I'm here to tell you tonight, the enemy thought he had you, but your testimony is going to make other people laugh and rejoice. God is going to have a holy laugh erupt from you tonight. Come on, we worship you, God. I thank you for testimonies in this room. I thank you that the old sackcloths are removed right now in Jesus' name. I command all heaviness to be broken off of you right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I declare that it's time for a new season. I thank you, Father, that addictions would be broken tonight you empty would be broken off of your life tonight. Thank you, Father. We hope you were encouraged by this message from Pastor Jenna. For information on the next Gather event, visit rivercitychurch.co or follow River City Church on social.